Welcome back to Talking Lead. This is episode 70. How's it going, left hand? It's going good, man. We've reached a milestone. We have. 70th episode. Zero, and we've got a super-duper surprise for our 70th episode. Yeah, a surprise that just came to be about, what, two days ago? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been in the works for a little bit. No, it has. We've had a pretty interesting couple weeks in guns. Yeah, this is really our first uh, recording since NRA. Mm-hmm. And we've done we've done quite a bit. Yeah. So today was one of the coolest. Today was very cool. Yeah. Well, the last today and then the other day. Yeah, uh, we're splicing no, we, it all. We did it all in one day. We're splicing it all in to what make it look like one about? day. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to Maximus Arms mm-hmm. in Franklin, Tennessee. They uh, they make. 1911s. Custom 1911s. I was going to say custom, yeah, because they are. I mean, they they make them from scratch, from the ground up, which was cool. So that was kind of, that's what our video is going to be about is. It's going to be like a how it's made yeah, type video. Right. So we we, uh, we go to the foundry mm-hmm. from the pouring of the metal into the molds to. Each, making the molds. Yeah, you know even I mean? making that's the molds. So, yeah, it's going to be a very cool video. And I get to make one myself. Yes, you do. Or I attempt. You attempt to. So you guys keep see. keep an eye out for that video. <laughs> uh, but then we're going to get to shoot one too. Yeah. Well, and it's a nice one. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. And uh, then you got to do something that I didn't get to do. I had to work, but uh, I did. It was it was awesome. I was very glad to have the opportunity to do it. I didn't get to do the full class. Um, but I did get to take in one day of it, so I got to go to Knoxville. Rob Pincus was in Knoxville uh, doing his um, PDN training, defensive uh, handgun, right? Yeah, defensive handgun. And uh, I mean, I needed it. I haven't taken a, a class or a course in a while. So, Jaegers, right? Uh, no, we've done a couple of things since then, haven't we? Not a full class, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably like the the first, the last full one, but. Um, Really needed it. It was a neat course. What was really cool about it was we got to, uh, it was a mixed class between civilians and uh, cops, police officers. So that was really cool because you got to see perspective from, you know, trained professionals uh, and, you know, them going through and them learning and uh, taking on uh, pointers from Rob as well. So that made Mm -hmm. it very, uh, a real, you know, like a real I don't know. Class? <laughs> no, I mean, it's just an experience. I mean, it was it was a real experience. So you could get their take on how they do things in the real world. Right. And the applications that they're using this training for, uh, you know, versus how us as civilians would, would typically use it for. What's so. the biggest thing you took from that class? Um, just getting my fundamentals back mm-hmm. is, is what it was. Because my, my trigger pull went to sh- Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even working with the the cert, uh-huh. um, the recoil was kind of throw was throwing off. I mean, my 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 trigger control was good, mm-hmm. I guess, um, but my mechanics as far as going with, I was pulling everything left. Yeah, and I think it might be my side. I was using the Glock seventeen, mm-hmm. and after about two or three magazines, you know, I was putting. I was putting the the sights on the same spot every time, mm-hmm. and I would have a perfect group to the left of where I was shooting. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably my sights. I think yeah. I might need to get my sights adjusted a little bit, but 
um, as I got into the class, they were getting a little closer over. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I was consciously compensating for that or if uh, my mechanics were getting a little better. I tell you what, it's shooting is just like any other sport, whether you consider it a sport for sport shooting or defensive shooting. When you don't do it for a while, it goes quick. It's kind of like when you go to shoot a basketball if you hadn't shot in six, seven months, yeah. you feel like you've never shot one in your life. It's like, what the heck is this? Yeah. With the shooting, the, when we shot my 30 the other night with, with Rob, mm-hmm. that's the first time I'd shot it in probably two months. Yeah. And I regretted it because I felt like I'd never shot it before. Yeah. And my what? grip was off. It was jumping out of and my And you hand. got it. You got to go out and you got to shoot. You yep. know, you got to do it consistently. And, and I've been doing it. I've been shooting, but, um, you know, I haven't done it with the elevated heart rate. He's got this one awesome, um, um, what do you call those? He's got these, uh, this awesome drill where he really gets the heart rate up. Is you're, you're kind of like running lines in basketball. Mm-hmm. You know how you do that? Yeah. Well, he's got like three different um, distances that you shoot from, uh, and you're running back and forth. So he'll go to, say, go to the front, go to the middle, go to the back, uh-huh. and until he gives the fire command, so you don't know when he's going to do it. So he keeps telling you to go, you know, different spots. You never know he's going to say, you know, the, the shoot command. Mm-hmm. But once he does that, then you're supposed to stop and do your, you know, your stuff and then shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just, I mean, to me, it was like running lines in, in basketball, but it really gets your heart elevated, you know, gets that adrenaline uh, flow going. So it recreates the um, tunnel vision. Yeah, the tunnel vision and the, the heart elevated heart rate and controlling your breathing and all that. So that was probably. Uh, one of the coolest. Now, I missed out on the what he calls the figure eight, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where he had some barrels set up and then different targets, and they've got different numbers and letters and, and things like that on it. So what you're doing is you're walking uh, like a figure eight, just kind of walking around, meandering around until he gives the the command, mm-hmm. but he'll call out like a number or he'll call out a letter or whatever's on these targets. And that's what you got to shoot. And then you've got to go find it. Oh wow! You've got to find it because there's you know eight or ten targets set up, uh, staggered, mm-hmm. and you know, and some of them might have two of the same numbers. So once you find it, you've got to keep looking around. So it's a real world, you know, where you're assessing right uh, the situation and, and seeing if there's any additional threats. So hmm. that was one I missed out because I ran out of ammo. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I took I took about four hundred rounds, and you ran out. And I went just one day. Yeah, and I didn't even do I didn't even do the full course. Wow! And I and I ran out of ammo, but uh, you know it was it was good to get out there and and take on uh, some some more training and uh, fundamentals. So I enjoyed that. Sweet. And if you want to train with him, make sure you go to icetraining.us. Right, and he's got a new book out also. Mm-hmm. Which defend is, yourself. Yeah. So, like Zeke said, it's called defend yourself. And you can go to the ICE training website and get that uh, as well. I think you can get it on Amazon as well. You can go there. I think there might be like a with those ebooks, Kindle, whatever it's called. Yeah. You can download on your Kindle and stuff like that. But I just started reading that. Uh, got through the first uh, four chapters of that, and that's it's really good. It's basically uh, home defense, how to stage and set up and get prepared, and gotcha. um, what you do after you know, the fact. So it, it's a good book. You should get that and read that. And then, of course, the other thing we did with guns. Was. We went to NRA. <laughs> right, and I think most people know that by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're getting a lot of uh, after 
the show kind of stuff that we've been maintaining these last couple of weeks was why we hadn't had time to do the show. Holy cow. Editing all that. So many different clips and shows that we, that, that has been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've offered to help in the past and no, you I always don't. take, uh, take it on yourself. So. I think Today gonna, I won't. I think I'm going to be editing this show, though, right? <laughs> Today I won't. <laughs> from, from what I hear. we oh, got some more we, big interviews coming up. We we uh, recently were given an award. Yeah, or recognition. Re- yeah, we were recognized for our uh, work on the Fraternal Order of Police uh, Heroes Behind the Badge fundraiser. We were honored. Uh, very humbling. Yeah, we, I mean, we were very honored to receive that recognition. And we want to thank... Uh, Jay and David and the Wilson County Sheriff and the chief of Mount Juliet and Lebanon Police Departments. Both yep. those chiefs. Yeah. Not just one. When we when we get some pictures of those, we'll post those up yep. to our Facebook page. So that's uh, been a pretty busy couple of weeks and we got some uh some more coming up. So stay tuned. And now we've got an interview that's kind of like a lost interview from NRA that I found. We're back from NRA. If if you listen to the third episode of the NRA interviews, there was one interview that was a little wonky. Something had happened to our mixing board, and we apologize for that. We were and, sabotaged. Yeah, we've got a couple of other interviews that we're going to try to throw in. One of them uh, you're about to hear right now with Chad Enos from Caltech. Good buddy, Chad. Yeah, kind of a lost episode from NRA, lost interview. Yeah, and look look for more to come from Chad as well. Yeah, we're going to be doing something with him at the end of the month. Yep. And, and that's kind of a top secret, super secret. And some more stuff, too. Thing. So without further ado, here's the interview with Chad. Yeah, I'll, I will pimp you guys out like crazy. Sweet. Yeah. We like getting pimped. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's you guys are pimps. <laughs> <laughs> with the hair. You should have seen us yesterday. Oh, you did see us yesterday with our suits on. We yeah. did look like pimps. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who let the Almond Brothers in here? <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Did I not tell you? <laughs> you used to play an instrument, didn't you? Yeah. What'd you play? Uh, I dabbled with guitar. Probably the one I took the longest was drums. Oh. But oh. when I was in a band, I was the singer. Drummer. Nice. Yeah. Metal? No, uh, oh. yeah. I was saying we could start a little gun like rock well, band. Well, folks, uh, metal folks, metal folks back when Motley Crue was cool. That was you know, yeah. but that, you know, that was cool to me yeah. back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And new metal now though, day. I can't keep up with these kids. Man, like they're crazy. Slipknot and yeah. you know, all those. Yeah, there's like 15 year old drummers Slipknot. playing like blowing your mind. I can't keep up with that anymore. Oh, so. especially being a drummer, dude. Yeah. Slipknot it's crazy. with the three drummers in the band, it's insane. Like yeah. you would actually probably get into them if you appreciated the drums. No, I like the music. Yeah. I just can't play it. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, give me some country shuffle. I can play that. Yeah. You know, until the cow's going. Yeah, two <laughs> beats. Yeah, Charlie Watts is one of my you know heroes. So cool, nice, nice. and simple. Yeah. Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Oh, okay, good. Oh, cool. I'm I'm straggling. I'm hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, we got a straggler. So you made you made mention that uh, you'd been in a couple of competitions. Uh, yes, we have a shooting. We had team. Max and Michelle on. So you, yeah, tell us about your shooting team. Yeah, it's uh, called the Keltec Shooting Team. Shocker! Mm. <laughs> and uh, there's four of us. Uh, we're right now we're running. Uh, we've got a new uh, working prototype out called the RDB, which is a stands for Rifle Downward Ejecting Bullpup. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's chambered in five five six. So is any, that the one we shot at shot? No, no we that saw was the it. RFB. We saw it RFB, there, but we yeah. didn't. Yes. we didn't shoot it. They didn't have it out at the range. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, anybody familiar with the RFB? It's it's kind of a five five six version of the RFB, mm-hmm. but much lighter, and the operating system's different. Okay, but uh, yes, yeah, so if you're familiar with that, it's 
you know, you can kind of get a visual of right. what it looks like. Okay. Did it, it come with wood furniture too? It does. Yeah, the, M, was, the M43 version. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty neat. It's kind of like a AK throwback. Oh wow! Sort of. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty that neat. was cool. Interesting. Like yeah. So we're running that, and uh, half the team runs uh, Glock 34s, and the other half runs uh, MFP. So you're Pros. actually using right. those in the competition. Oh yeah. So they're yeah. yeah, they're working prototypes, and we're out there to try to break them, let them know what we like and dislike so about it. you're giving it. them real-world tests. Exactly, That's cool. yeah, yeah. And so far, it's been so awesome. So you're putting your competition reputation on the, Absolutely. On the line with Absolutely. these things. That's yeah. cool. That We've says been shoot, a lot. shooting some major matches with them and doing pretty well with it. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're doing three-gun? Yeah, three-gun. Yep. So what are, you, what are you, your three guns that you're using? Uh, I just picked up a JM 930 for my shotgun. Um, I've, I've been running the KSG. And I'll run the KSG in the heavy division because it's you know it's pump action, and then yeah. I'll run a 45 of some kind, and then I'll run the, the RFB. Love doing that. Um, but uh, for attack ops, it's really difficult to compete to run a pump action because you're running against a bunch of guys running semi-auto, and oh, you're just okay. shredding stages. Yeah. And they say, any three-gunner will tell you, a, a shotgun's never going to win you a match, but it'll always lose you a match. Oh, so wow. get, you got to get those loads down, and you got to be you right. know you got to be on with it. So. Yeah, and then uh, the, the RDB we've been running now, and then uh, like I said, I'll, I'll run the Glock 34 for uh, nine mil. Sure, so, cool. Yep. I'm in love with the Caltech <laughs> Sub 2000. Okay, I have this. It's well known. Yeah, it's well, it's well known. known, and we're both drooling over getting KSGs. So yeah, we haven't we haven't got the KSG yet, but we're okay. You know, we're headed that direction to, to pick up one of those, too. especially now that Red Jacket did a suppressor for it. Uh, I, can't, it I can't wait to run that. Yeah, but yeah, we saw it at Shot Show, and it was just unbelievable, man. Yeah, it's was, phenomenal. It yeah, adds a whole uh, other dimension as far as aesthetics to the to the KSG, sure and then of course usability. You know, yeah, that, that it's absolutely. Yeah, George is a really smart guy, and he's constantly pushing the envelope. And, I mean, you know, anybody can make an AR, obviously. You yeah. Look around. There's ARs everywhere. And there's some beautiful ARs, not throwing ARs down or anything. But, no. you know, George, he's an innovator. He comes up with different stuff, and he, and he puts his name on the line, mm-hmm. you know. And he goes out on a limb, and he comes up with this crazy stuff. And then they build it, and we take it out and shoot it. And we're like, this thing's awesome. Like, <laughs> if you looked at it on paper, you'd think yeah. the guy's crazy. But then once it's, you know come to fruition you take it out and you shoot it's like okay now yeah i get it i see yeah. where i and it's hard to get into his head until you actually have it in your hand you have like a, an aerospace engineering background negative no <laughs> no <laughs> okay no and all that's, the rumors and there's everything. a lot of rumors yeah yeah george's fascination with firearms came he, he's uh you know he joined the military when he was a kid uh-huh. and uh rumor has it that when uh, he and his brother were issued their sidearms the first thing he did was go back to the barracks and pull the things apart down to the springs <laughs> to see how it worked and right. put them back together yeah and that's he's had a fascination with firearms ever since that's where it wow. started huh? yep yeah how about you how did you get into firearms originally starting to work uh well heavily into firearms when i started working at caltech about five yeah. years ago uh before that i was just you know your average plinkster so you just know growing my, up, my you dad up around yeah my dad take me to the range and stuff yeah what was your yeah. first what was your first firearm my very first firearm was a smith and wesson 357 copy it was a pellet gun. <laughs> yeah, it was a three fifty seven. Nice. That yeah. counts. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I wish I still had that thing because it was back in back in my day in the seventies. Yeah. They made those things and they were like it was almost like an identical gun, like a oh, replica yeah. of the gun, but it was you know chambered for sure. either BBs or pellets. You and I are probably about stuff. the same age. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I'm forty three. I'm 43 as well. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. We are. I'm gonna yeah. play the romantic music now. Birthday. <laughs> February 24th. Are you kidding me? No, sir. February 9th. 
Wow. Sweet. Man, the romantic music is there. It is. There's right a here. bromance. <laughs> There's something brewing here. Did we just become best friends? I think so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm left you. Over Coming right up. Coming right up. <laughs> yeah. <Nice. laughs> I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> 38, April 12th. Nothing. Well, you're super tall and have a great beard, so there, I, there you go. There we go. I made up for it. He does <laughs> have it coming this way. He <laughs> does have a great beard, and that's been reinforced here several times. I'm yeah, sure it has. Been stopped by people just to get pictures of the beard. And I got excited because I thought they knew who the hell Talking Lead was, but no, they just wanted a picture of the beard. <laughs> you do look like a celebrity. Uh, sure. Yeah, Almond Brothers. Sense. Told you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Black Crows. I don't know. Whatever. Now, what about like when it comes to pop culture that involves guns? Like uh, TV shows, movies, video games, books, magazines. What's like your favorite? What's your go-to if it involves firearms? I'm not really involved a whole lot in pop culture. Not, you don't yeah. have like a favorite John Wayne movie? Or... I love John Wayne movies. Uh, I don't have go. a favorite, but okay. yeah, 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 I like them all. Um, What's your favorite movie? I do like the fact that, oh, favorite movie? True Romance is a good one. That's a good that's movie. Lots of shooting in that movie. Yeah. That's a good yeah. movie. Yeah. See, that counts. There you yeah, go. that's True a good romance. one. That's a great story. What's his name? Um, it's a, it was Quentin Tarantino's first written movie, but yeah. I don't but Christian Slater. Christian Slater. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Christian Slater. Yeah. I forget the girl's name. Uh, Christopher Walken had one of the best Julia scenes in that whole movie. No, no she's she's got a they got no. It was one of the Arquette chicks. Yes, Arquette. Yeah, Arquette. Yeah, yeah. Arquette. yeah. Right. great film. But yeah, uh, That's Christopher Walken was amazing yes. in that. What movie, movie yeah. is he not amazing in? <laughs> Marsupials. <laughs> Scary. That's awesome. Oh, has there been? Uh, or is there currently a gun in your collection maybe that you're just a little bit of you ashamed to admit it that you own? I can't think of one. I don't no luck. I don't want to throw anybody down, but I don't Oh no, 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 nothing like that. Most of the guns I have are Keltex. Yeah. Um Shock. I <laughs> yeah, I just uh I just picked up a Glock thirty four at Christmas. This past year, or so uh, it's brand new to me. Been running that. I, I was never a big fan of Glocks. Uh-huh. I didn't. I didn't hate them. I just didn't like the grip angle and you know the same stuff everybody talks about. Right. Now I can't put the thing down. Yeah. I love that gun. Yeah, and I got I you know, tricked it all out for three gun and stuff. But absolutely, my favorite polymer. Uh, and then uh, M and P Pro is a, another great gun. So I, I don't really have one I don't like. I yeah. mean, you know, I now do you find shooting the Glock? Versus the MFP Pro, do you find that totally sight, different? You got to kind of you, you, you got to readjust. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we were talking about earlier with that that competition that we did because we're both Glock guys. Yeah. And when we went to that competition. They were running the Smith and Wesson MFP Pros. Yeah. And we were shooting low. Oh yeah. right, it yeah, was big time us, low. Yes, it was, just, it was hard for us to bring that. Not up just like an yeah. inch or two, like we were shooting almost a foot low. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's totally different, and and uh, you hear people, you know, or you see people online, they argue about that all the time. Yes. But yeah, it's just a matter of what you get used to, and if you can it make is. the adjustments after a few targets, oh, yeah. you're good to go. Well, and that's yeah. what it was. Once we got, you know, into the competition a little bit deeper and got shooting, we were. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. take that back. The first time I shot it, I did really good. Yeah. Then you flubbed. And then I flubbed. And then you came back. And then I came back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's certain mechanics. A firearm obviously needs to be accurate. There's a lot of things that, you know, wrapped up in a gun, especially for competition. But the kind of the way I look at it is if you were, uh, you know, go to Jerry Metchlick. It, sorry if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but and you hand him a firearm, he's going to do the same thing with whatever gun you put in his hand. Yes, so yeah. it's the shooter, you yeah, know, right. whatever it's your you, mechanics. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. And I mean, 
Hey, Jerry's shooting plates at 400 yards with an MMP Pro. I mean, clearly the, the gun in the round is capable of getting there. So. Yeah. What about, what about like uh, bucket list guns? What's what's something oh, that you're like, oh, God. Have you been to the Daniel Defense booth today? No, we haven't. Oh, oh man. What do they got now? They got some, well, they got banners everywhere, but uh, they've no, got some that. beautiful That's what guns. they got now. <laughs> as far as models, I, I wouldn't be able to name one, yeah. but uh, just, just I heard they got something booth. new out. Daniel Daniel Defense. They've always got something new coming yeah. out. Just about every some show kind of, we've been some to. Some kind of new. And I like that they are American-made. You know, American made good old boys from Texas, and, or sorry, uh, Georgia, yeah. down in Georgia. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great company, good nice. guns. But yeah, I probably want to pick up maybe one of their ARs. Uh, Noveski's a, a dream gun for me. I'd like right. to get their three gun version. Just, I mean, I can't technically go out and run it because sponsored by Keltec, but I would like to go out and run it in some local matches just to see how I can shoot with a gun like oh, that. Oh, sure. You know? yeah. So, yeah. What's, your, what's your take on the 300 blackout round? Probably the same take everybody else has. It'd be great if you could find the ammo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's That's easy. the biggest problem. Yeah. yeah, it's great. A great round to suppress. Obviously, I kind of look at it as like the uh, the forty five ACP of rifles. You know, for CQB work because it's really efficient with a shorter barrel mm-hmm. and you can suppress it really well and right. it hits really hard. And uh, again, you've got it depends on the shooter. You've got guys that can stretch that round out way past what you think it's capable of. Sure. So it just depends on the shooter. As far as a cartridge, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. You know, easy, anything easy to suppress like that is is cool because you can hear hit the steel a lot easier. That way. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's my favorite sound. Think you'd ever world. have a place in the competition world? Yeah, if the ammo was was uh, they get the ammo. Yeah, readily world. available yeah. and um, yeah, well, that's I mean, what would make it if people started to use it more. Sure. You know, and I, I think I think it would take off because um, especially for. For shooters Definitely that are coming into the sport, down, you know. Well, that and also uh, when you're shooting paper, a lot of times your your latency or delay when you're shooting those targets is you're staring at it to see if you hit it. Mm-hmm. Right. And with 30 caliber, because I I do It'd run the 308, it puts such a big hole in it. I don't need to stare at that target for any longer than I need to, you know, to find right. figure out my hits. Right. So for a lot of shooters, they do that, and I see that it matches That's a, a good lot. Point. Yeah. And that and that, that one things like that are what kind of separate the pros from. You know, from the guys like me or the guys like us, you know, what I mean? yeah, <laughs> they, they shoot at it and they know they hit it. They're already on to the next target, you know. Sure. Yeah. And and every once in a while, I catch myself still looking at the target to make sure I'm there instead of doing what I'm supposed to be doing and moving on to the next one. So, right. right. Thirty caliber bullet would would help a lot with that. So. Now, are you are you getting training from someone for your competition, or are you just doing it all yourself? Not yet. The best training I've had so far is going to matches. And seriously, I mean, I, I've talked to Max, uh, Max Michelle at uh, Steel Challenge 2012, nicest guy in the world, and gave me a bunch of tips, you know. And I did find myself shooting better after talking to him halfway through the match. Oh, wow. So, yeah, nice. and I, I've got uh, some friends on the Besky shooting team, and, and when I see them at national matches, they give me tips. Uh, Rob Romero, Jansen Jones, they both have helped me out a lot. Cool. Just giving me some tips. and. That's really just the. That's really all you can do because other than that, it's it's taking what they tell you and putting it into practice and, and get the rounds down range the way they tell you to do it. Mm-hmm. And most of it's stage breakdown. You know, like mm-hmm. if you can take this many targets from this position, stay there, post up, take all those targets before you move on to the next one. Or if you need to take these targets on the move and that's more efficient, do that. Right. So they, you know, they give me tips on how to break down stages. See, I've already, helps. You're already lost me. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what he's. Yeah, doing. you're way you're way beyond <laughs> us right now. We're but like, I get what you're saying. Play, yeah. shoot, Absolutely. ding, yay. That's kind of right, our level right, right. right now. You hear the noise, you get excited. Yeah, I did, yeah it's the yeah, same for me. It's kind of <laughs> yeah, it's the same for me. But when it comes to like efficiency and where to take.
take the targets from. That's really what kind of stumps a lot of shooters is because right. they, they get lost in the course of fire or you're going too slow to keep up with the course of fire. So if you can break that stage down into sections, mm-hmm. you, know, okay, you know that, okay, I'm going to run over here, and when I get there, I know there's four targets I need to engage from this position. Yeah. Right. And then from there, I'm going to sprint over to this one. And then from here, for the next three targets, I'm going to be on like a fast move right. you know, and, and try to take them on the move. Sure. And you're just trying to get your... You're from one place to the next as fast as possible, right. you know, safely, obviously. Yeah. And it's just stage breakdown. Right. And these these stage designers, they know that. They know how fast these guys can shoot. And they they don't necessarily try to stump you, but they do try to make you think at a lot of these matches. And a lot of it's physical, too. So, What's something that you find yourself doing uh, just, you know, when you're at home, you got some spare time. I know Dry you don't fire. have a lot of... Is that... I was going to say, Dry which, fire. Which, yeah. which practice do you All feel three. like doing? There's shotgun loading uh, and then dry fire practice. And another thing I like to do with my rifle is to go from uh, transition from target to target. And I do this in the backyard, by the way. <laughs> but my neighbors are all using cool. The so. <laughs> What's that? Are you using the cert? No, I, I want to get one of those. Uh, oh, they're awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would help. Control Especially space. for, yes. like oh, you're yeah. saying, around the house, around home, in your backyard. Yeah. You're not freaking out the you know. Yeah, the and the beauty of it is that you don't have to keep racking it to, mm-hmm. you know, like... Like with, the, I'd like to have a rifle as well because you know you have to keep cycling it to, yeah. to dry mm-hmm. fire it, and then yeah. we transition from target to target. You can pretend you're pulling the trigger, but there's nothing there. It's yeah. it's nice to have that consistency and that sure. trigger pull they've every got time. The, so. They've got a drop in for the ARs. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh man, yep. you just drop spent a whole bolt. bunch of money for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's going to be sending me one, so I'll let you. Oh, that'd be awesome. We'll share. I'd like we'll, to get yeah. some time on it. <laughs> Like we do, we we'll share for a share. We'll share. All right, a little horse trading. All right, <laughs> give us a couple, like of, couple of rounds with that uh, that new five five six. Oh, you guys yeah. got to shoot that. It is so awesome. It really is. Um, I uh, you know, I'm yeah, a little bit worried about the mag changes. <laughs> oh, really, we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're going to. <laughs> we're in. It's we're fun. In. It'll reach out there too. It's accurate. I shot a. I did it twice to make sure it wasn't a fluke. But mm-hmm. I think I told you. I told you yesterday. I, yeah. I shot a one inch group at two hundred yards with it. Yeah, that's so, amazing. That's a bullpup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still get seventeen and a half inch barrel, so yep. yeah. And uh, and you do some things with. Um, it was on our show. Well, I'm not gonna say yet. We're gonna divide this up into days. Anyway, you, yeah, it's you, just gonna you, flow weird. Yeah, you, you yeah. you've done some things. <laughs> he was on our show here with one of our show. guests, uh, Hank Strange. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's, uh, and he's big into bu- uh, bullpups. He is. Yeah, he's big into thing. anything that shoots projectiles. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. He loves it. But yeah, he loves he loves uh, Caltech. He's a big supporter and. We do a lot of videos with him. He's a really good guy. Yeah, yeah. Hank Strange. So we'll go out, and uh, eventually we'll take the, the RDB out there to his range, and we'll show it on camera and stuff. Now, do you ever get around Nashville area much, Tennessee? Love Nashville. I heard that this show might be in Nashville next year. Is that true? It is. Yes. In our backyard. That would yeah, be we're, awesome. We're out of we're Nashville, at. so it's like yeah. right there. Well, and there awesome. will be a big party. And we will be looking for corporate it's his sponsors. Birthday. That's the only reason I'm going now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just re- refocused yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, if, if it's yeah. if it's going to be hosted where we're at, I mean, we might as well throw just a massive. Absolutely, like we've got to let people know that that's our backyard. You know? Sure, yeah. that's yeah. our stomping around. So. Yeah, Nashville's an awesome city. I used to be a touring musician, and we went through Nashville quite oh, a bit. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Any bands that we would know, or not anybody you would know? Oh, okay. Just. Uh, a lot of solo artists, solo country artists. Okay. Uh, a girl named Rachel Stacy. If you guys out there, look up rachelstacy.com. She's uh, yeah. Just to go look at her. <laughs> really? Okay. Oh yeah. There you go. I'm yeah. grabbing my yeah, phone, he's got right, his phone now. right now. <laughs> We've got a guy. She's that's, a good uh, friend. A great, beautiful voice. Good uh, songwriter yeah. too. Friend of our show, Marcus Fox. Yep. Okay. 
He's yeah. he's uh, Nashville. Uh, country music. He's out of Alabama. Alabama. Oh, okay, uh, but he's been on the show a few times. Done oh, a, nice. Done a charity event with us. Out he's in a songwriter. Uh, yeah, a he does. Yeah, okay. singer songwriter. Yeah, nice. Yeah, real good. Uh, former Marine. Oh, awesome. Also, <laughs> say yeah. Rachel Stacy. Uh, look at that look on his face. You see it already? Wait a minute. There's a bunch of woos on here. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, RachelStacy.com. That looks like her, but I don't think that's her. Okay. Yeah. Maybe go on uh Did you Google her? Or wait, here's a somebody playing guitar. Let's see her. Yeah, should I, you guys should have her out. She loves guns too. Yeah, we should. Have her do a little uh, do a little ditty on the show. A little ditty. Yeah. You have to let us know um, next time you're in Nashville way and we'll Absolutely. Go to the range. Have you been to the National Armory yet? I haven't. Okay, it's Show one of the around. nation's state-of-the-art kind of looks like an older facilities. version of uh, Taylor Swift. Let me see. Like that one. That picture is so small, and I'm yeah. old, I can't see it. But it, it, And it won't, like, get bigger for me in that one, too. It won't get bigger That's for her. me. That's a personal yeah. problem. <laughs> is that her website? Yeah. Oh, pictures okay. From website, but they Just don't... look her up on Facebook. Yeah. You know, Facebook's the, the go-to place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, is there is there anything else coming up with Keltec new and exciting that uh, we might need to to know about? Just the RDB, the CMR30. Are you familiar with the RMR30? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, we changed the name of it. It's going to be. that? Yeah. Uh, it was had to do with uh, the RMR uh, site that um, Trujicon oh, makes. Okay. I had yeah. always wondered that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which up until we ended up with a sponsorship by Vortex, I thought it would actually be cool to do the RMR on the RMR because mm-hmm. it's perfect for the gun. Right. You know? But uh, yeah, they did. We had. They didn't want to go with that huh? there. No, no. So, is that a but, Trujicon thing or? Yeah, yeah, oh. Trujicon. Uh, They're they, lost. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> D bags. But <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, they're they're nice guys over there. It's just that, you know they got to look out for their interests, you know, and, and so I mean, they, that would be the RMR on the RMR. I mean, that's a genius marketing. I think exactly. so too. I think so too. But yeah, we changed it, so it's carbine now. Carbine magnum rim fire. So okay. nice CMR. Yeah. But yep. you haven't changed anything about the. No, no, the guns, gun yeah, itself. guns the same. But that'll be coming out third quarter this year, so we'll we'll finally get that out. I know everybody says they're never going to see that gun, but yeah. it had to do with the whole gun scare and the ammo scare and all that stuff that you know was happening last year. Right. So we had to put on the back burner, uh, but we're running parts for it now. We're, we'll be cranking them out. So awesome. are you guys uh, caught up with your production on demand yet? Not at all. No, we're gonna have, no. have you been to a gun shop lately? Well, no. you know, well, here's, that was a leading question. That's what we call it, a leading question. Yeah, and the thing is, we we've expanded like crazy over the last year and a half. I mean, we've bought buildings. Uh, George has bought somewhere between nine and fifteen new CNC machines. We've hired like a hundred people. There's a lot of stuff going on at Caltech right now, and uh, the beautiful thing of it is, we don't owe anybody a dime. That's also awesome. the whole company. George is the company. Not running on debt, huh? Exactly. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, and yeah, if we were a publicly owned company, we probably could crank out as many guns as anybody wanted. You know what I mean? But you know, this is George's business model, and and um, we're we've expanded a lot here just in the last two years. And since the PMR 30 KSG were introduced, we went from you know pocket pistols to nobody really knowing who we were to right. a household name. Yeah. And so we're trying to grow with that, but we don't want to overgrow so that we've got people standing around twiddling their thumbs at the shop. You sure. know what I mean? Right. So it's you got an obligation to your employees. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and we've we've got obligation to our customers too. So we would take it very seriously. So you know, hence George is putting a lot of money back into the company and realizing that people do actually like his designs. 
And that's the other thing, too. You design something, you have no idea if it's going to take off or not. We had no idea the KSG was going to do what it's going to Well, I did. And I told him that (laughs) when he brought the prototypes down, but he didn't. Right. He had no idea anybody would like a bullpup shotgun. Right. You know, so. And now look at all the ones that look are at it now. Yep. copycats. Yeah, there's yeah. a few of them out there, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, uh, y'all are based in Florida, right? We are, Central Florida. Okay. The Cocoa Beach area. Gotcha. Most people are familiar with uh, the space shuttle program, yeah. all that stuff, so we're right in that area. I'm trying to yeah. think of how long of a road it's trip. It's one of my that favorite would be for places. Cocoa Beach. See how oh, long yeah. of a road trip that would be for us to come down there. Uh, come down, take takes, off fishing. I think it yeah. takes like 12. 12 hours? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. not too bad. Right. 10, 10 12 down. hours. Heck yeah. Fly down. I'll pick you up. Take like, y'all fishing. We like, we like driving the lead sleds. Yeah, we got, oh, yeah, our vehicles are all wrapped with our sponsors. Oh, and our nice. Stuff. Yeah. We're advertising. That'd be cool, Mobile man. Mobile billboards. But, you know what? We've got room for <laughs> another sponsor on. Yeah, we do. There. There's, there's so. perfect spots. So we got lots of logos. <laughs> oh, okay. I think this may, this may be taking yeah. off somewhere. <laughs> I like it. Remember horse trading? Yes, yep. horse trading. We're, we're all about that. Yes, nice. so we will trade all day long. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I've got two sub two thousands right now. Um, I've got the um, I was going to say the PMR. It's not the PMR. PF nine. The PF uh, no. Um, P eleven. The five five six that you've got. Oh, the PLR sixteen. The PLR. Yeah, yeah, sixteen. Great gun. I've got that. I want. It's a good the, truck gun. I'm jonesing for the the KSG. Mm-hmm. When they first come out, I, mean, I got to admit, I was a little, eh, you know, mm-hmm. about them. I'm not so sure about it. Well, and I'll admit too. And then there I was, was some... completely. Nah, I don't want it until shot. When I shot okay, it, right. and shot, I was like, Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you see this. what I mean now? Like, yes, what, like exactly. you, George comes up with this crazy stuff. You're like, What? Yeah. What is this? Well, yeah. that was the thing. I and mean, then you shoot it, and you're like, Yeah. I think I when get they first it. came out, yeah. there was some some bad press on them. I think yeah. there was a couple of things that you guys needed to tweak, and but you got those fixed, obviously. Yeah. And at when we got a hold of that thing at, at SHOT Show. I mean, it was just, it was butter, man. It, it was, was over with. Yeah, we, we have a great T&E program, and um, I do a lot of the marketing stuff like on camera, and so I'll take yeah. it to different uh, uh, avenues or uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'll take it out to venues. different people, venues, yeah, yeah. And, and let people shoot it in the field. And we do that kind of stuff like we're doing with the RDBs right now. The shooting team has them, and we're taking them to matches, and we're letting people shoot them right. and look at, you know, look over the gun and be like, "What would you change on it?" Mm-hmm. And one of the things was non-reciprocating charging, and that's where it came from. Yeah. You know, right. so we let the end user tell us what they would want to do with the gun. Same thing with the KSG. It went through a lot of changes before we got to where we are now mm-hmm. because of customer feedback. Wow. So, and a lot of companies don't necessarily do that. They create a product, they put it out there, you either like it or you don't. You mm-hmm. know? So. Well, and then, like you said before, they've got a lot of other people, like board members and what, making decisions rather than exactly, yeah, you know, yeah, one guy who yeah. listens to his customers. Yeah. You know, we've so. got a we've got a small skeleton crew of people that just kind of do whatever we want. <laughs> Those are the companies that end up coming up with the best stuff. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, I agree. Yep. I agree. Yeah, yeah. But where I was going with that is, you know, I've, I mean, I've I've had these for what probably the last five years since before we started the show. Yeah, I got in yeah. got into the the, the Caltech products and nice. man, I've, just, I've been in love with him ever since i love his fresh you know attitude that he brings to the to the gun industry mm-hmm. I mean, we need somebody that's doing something different yeah sure you know, that's bringing something different and that's what we got to do to evolve this industry well, there's a lot of things that are different to, to the next level but they're not necessarily user-friendly right just to be nice you know yeah. and, and george comes up with double different. Tax. Like double tap. <laughs> double. <coughs> sorry <Did that> come out? <laughs> 
Double Tap is either going to come and throw a bunch of money at us, or they are going to like slander us every time. They what turn about around. that? Five, They're going to get a, a, a letter from their attorney, cease and desist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming out with like a, a rifle cartridge. Is it, I think it's a five five six version of that gun. No, really? I'm, I'm actually interested in seeing that. Double Tap, yeah. five five six. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I don't know. <laughs> Maybe for we'll some, give it a it's, chance. It's, like it's taking, something for somebody. But, yeah. but it feels like you're taking an iPhone size and making a grip out of it. I mean, it's like I'm gripping a gun like this. Yeah. It's. I fired one and I didn't like it. Not okay. awkward. Yeah. Well, I thought my arm was going to come off. Yeah. Well, I shot the 45. It was my fault, really. But well, and uh, if I'm going to yeah. go with something like that, I'll go with like one of the Bond Arms Derringers. They're heavy. They're uh-huh. solid. You know, good. Yeah. And um, yeah. it's it's the, concealable. <laughs> Yeah, I do appreciate the innovation though and yeah. stuff. You know, I, and I think it's cool that people go out on. Yeah, a like and I that. don't want to knock them for that because they are trying to bring fresh new ideas sure. to the table, and you know, maybe something will that will lead to something else. Exactly, it they got to start suck. somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't <It's>, suck. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there practical. that love it. And, you no, know, there are. So, yeah, we like giving them a hard time, even though well, we don't know who they are. <laughs> there's obviously a market for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. got its place. I think they are going to come up here and give you guys a bunch of samples of money. You're like, please stop <laughs> yeah. talking bad about us. Please we, shut we up. like them all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, like in a month, all of a sudden, all our listeners are going to hear double tap. I was wrong. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, and then the <laughs> next thing we're going to hear. Uh, um, um, <laughs> facts to fight the myth, sponsored by Double Tap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome, nice. man. Well, we, we actually have a uh, a structured show that we normally do, but just here we shows kinda, forget about it. We kind of do. Cool. Yeah, different. I like we, this. We it's hit you with form. some of the. It's a good format. I like yeah. it. Some yeah. of the questions that we ask our first time guests. Uh, well, sure. it's kind of like you know the industry bit. needs entertainment too. It doesn't just absolutely need people talking at you. Absolutely. You know? So yeah, and, and what people usually say with our show is they feel like they're in a cabin with their buddies shooting the. That's how I feel right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, that's that's the way we want it to be. Uh, like I said we don't have the radio voices. We don't, you know, come on and hey, right. you know, <laughs> this is talking with Keltec. We're here at the NRA. This is why we were sponsored. You guys talking to me like that. That's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, yeah, cool. well, we appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate you having do. me. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to come I mean, down is, to the booth at some point since today. we started the show a year and four months ago. It's been a whirlwind. I've been wanting to get in touch with you guys. I've been wanting it, you. I mean, anytime, you just, man. Well, I mean, and we're good friends with Student of the Gun, so who y'all is, do sponsor. Yes. And yeah. uh, they've been trying yeah. to hook us up, too. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I love this. In fact, we're doing there. their man on the street stuff here since they weren't able to come. Oh, yeah. They're not here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They weren't able to make ah. it. All right. Well, yeah. you guys would be a fine fill in for that. Yeah. We'll sure. try. Nice. Right. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks awesome. for being on. How can people get in touch with you? Keltechweapons.com. And, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff on the website there. If they want to call in and ask for me, by all means, please do. But the phone lines are probably going to be pretty tied up. Yeah. <laughs> or you'll probably be at a competition shoot or something. And, and yeah. Taking the Laser Grace product out. And seeing the yeah. stars in, in, in left hand's eye, I think we're going to hear a lot more from Caltech soon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks, man. Nice. Thanks again. Thanks. Actually, you say season your, your 70th episode? Yeah. I think. We're we hit seventy last week or week before. Oh wow! Yeah, we're right we're, on pace. We're tied up. <laughs> I see, I'm, che- I'm checking that now, confirming that. But y'all had more than that. Well, some of the seasons were set up as hour longs, but they were segmented as two episodes. Oh, uh, gotcha. Originally started uh, thirty minute episodes. Okay. We may be beyond that. I remember when we hit. 54, because 54 is our original contract. Oh, wow. That's a big initial contract. Yeah. Impressive. 
No, we'll hit 70 at the end of this season. I'm sorry. Okay. So we've already smoked you then. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. So if people are wondering, the voice that you're hearing right now, that is Joe Moe from Red Jacket Firearms. Also Sons of Guns. Son, is that what we figured out that TV show was? I know we couldn't figure it out when we did that video with him. It was like Sons of Cannons or something. Sons, Sons of, of Pistols. Sons of Booming. Sons of Booming. <laughs> Sons of Nolans. Nolans? Or Louisiana. Y'all aren't in New Orleans, are you? No, we we go there periodically. Just just for the scenery, right? Taking the sights. Yeah. There's no alcohol drink in that town. Um, No, there's a lot of alcohol drinking. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Quite the contrary, huh? Perfectly acceptable. It's a good Catholic state. And... <laughs> it's perfect. Right Bible it, it, was, it wasn't originally a prison state, right? <laughs> no, not this one. <laughs> we have said for a long time, you know, everybody knows we have Gabby on guns. She has a monthly segment on our show. Uh, Gabby Franco, now the NRA, one of the new NRA commentators. Mm -hmm. And we've been looking for somebody to do another segment and kind of something a little bit outside of our realm of knowledge, a little more technical, gunsmithing. More technical, yeah. And uh, we talked to Joe about it, and Joe is going to start doing a segment monthly. Hopefully, we'll try to land the third Thursday of every month. Just depends on what we got going on, what he has going on. And did did we lock in the Mojo Minutes? I think we did. Yep. I, I like it. The Mojo Minutes. The we got, Mojo Minutes. We got a theme song. The mo- we need to come up with something a little bit longer. Uh-huh. Just for... More technical. Uh, ego's sake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Magnificent Mojo Minutes? <laughs> the Mojo 21 Minutes. Okay. <laughs> That's a, yeah, that would be pretty good. 21 Minutes is, is pretty we'll cool. We'll come up with some kind of technical, long-ass name. For there you go. Well, what, right. what, we'll kind a, of, what kind of what kind of music do you like? <laughs> I'm actually pretty eclectic on my music. I like uh, that we normally have death metal going on in the back. Oh, perfect! To, to, to kind of to get the mood going. But this morning I had some like uh, modern country, and I was like, "Hey, this is kind of cool." I listened to it for a couple hours. Okay, and then it transitioned back to death metal. <laughs> Which is perfect in my world. It worked out well because Zach is Zach's taking a little road trip today. Uh huh. And we're like, first thing this morning is like, Zach, we got to get this done. And we go back to his desk and realize that the first thing he needed to do this morning, I gave him last night. So now he had two first things. Oh no. Yeah, so we had to pick up the pace a little bit. So for the for our, our new listeners that don't know who Zach is, tell them who Zach is, Joe. Zach is our lead CAD CAM guy. He's our in-house uh, CAD CAM specialist. All the crazy stuff that I dream up, and he's actually a very, very talented engineer, and uh, it's been very, very fundamental in revamping our whole new suppressor line. And a fellow Tennessean. Who just so happens to be from Tennessee. Yeah, just down the road from us. Yep, and yep. Columbia. Yep. yep. Actually went to school with my sister. i just trying to figure out if they knew each other or not. He said he wasn't sure, but I'm going to ask my sister, too. So Your older sister or your younger sister? The middle one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm the oldest. The You're oldest. the oldest sister? No, yeah. yeah You're the no. oldest sister? <laughs> no, I'm not the oldest sister. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's totally my line. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, we didn't get to ask you before, but we, we've got a handful of questions we ask all our guests when we intro them the first time they come on. The first one okay. being, 
How did you originally get into firearms? Well, my dad was big into self-defense, and he was actually a jeweler. And this was a time period before concealed carry permits were around. Mm-hmm. My dad always carried a handgun. It's always with him. And I just was brought into that, introduced with it. I thought, man, that thing's cool. And I always knew not to touch it. But if I ever had that question, like, I kind of want to see it, all I had to do was just ask. Dad really introduced that respect of firearms to me. But again, curiosity kills the cat. So if you don't oblige that curiosity, and it's something I always think of, if my nephews or my nieces or anybody wants to see any, any firearms that I have or want to understand them, I will more than happily, gladly go through it safely, unloaded, and allow them to take a look at it, see it, ask questions, understand it, with the knowledge that it's a deadly piece of machinery, it can kill you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really what fostered my interest in them. And I was all, always like machines, and guns are just a cool machine. Do you remember what the uh, the first firearm was that your dad introduced you to? Yep. It was uh, actually a really cool little gun. Uh, it's called a DK Star. It's a 380, kind of like a 1911, but it's a little baby thing. Hmm. And it was an alloy frame, aluminum alloy frame, and a blued slide. And there were supposedly only about six to ten of them ever imported into the States. Really? Yeah. Where are they from? From, uh, where's Star made? Uh, Austria or Germany? It's also a Starfire, Starfire DK. So that was the first uh, gun. Are you Did, looking at pictures again? How old were you when, when that happened? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. Did you get to go shoot it? Did he let you go shoot it? Yeah. I remember shooting it probably when I was 10 or 12. I know we had other guns, had shotguns and things like that, but that was the gun that I'd, I'd see it every day. Because when he'd come in, he'd, he'd put it on the counter with the change and wallets and things like that. Oh, they're Spanish. That's right. Star is a Spanish gun. I forgot about that. Spanish? Yeah. Okay. Thank did you, you, Vanessa. Did you just have an employee school you? <laughs> No, I had an employee hitting the internet and doing some research for me. Oh, okay. Good employee. That's <laughs> Vanessa. Your your internet's faster than mine, Vanessa. Hey, hey Vanessa. Vanessa. We've heard good things about you through uh, Jaeger and the Markles. So, Vanessa is here. Our compliance and what what do we have with that? Speed internet searcher. That's right. Compliance and NFA manager. Wow. She basically keeps me out of jail. <laughs> she's the most important person at Red Jacket, then. She's somebody <laughs> you want to keep happy, right? She's very, very important. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so I just found that uh, that Starfire DK. That's a good-looking little gun, yeah. It okay. is. It is. And it was cool because the first first rounds I ever shot out of it were actually really interesting, too. Uh, my dad had a friend that was an air marshal, and he had some of the air marshal rounds. They're, actually, they're aluminum hollow points in 380. Oh, cool. oh, wow. They're real, real light, high velocity. No over-penetration worries there. <laughs> no. it When it hits something soft, it just it, it borderline a frangible. Wow. Yeah. So it ran out of energy really quick, but it was exactly what was needed. Oh, and then yeah. later, later, I got in a nasty surprise with them because I had a box of them. Not really nasty, but it was a learning experience. I had some of those aluminum bullets, and it works fine in that little star because of the alloy frame, hammer-fired, mm-hmm. fairly lightweight. Well, I got a little AMT 380 backup. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this is going to be cool. 
So I loaded some of those bullets in it and chambered the first round and fired it. And it felt a little funny. And I pulled the trigger again, I wouldn't go bang. Well, there, there wasn't enough energy in those particular bullets to cycle that AMT. Oh, wow. That AMT is uh, it's a little single action, very light slide, so it has a very, very stiff spring. And that kind of, that's probably one of the first questions, like, what's going on? Why didn't this work? Through talking with people and thought processes, I, I figured out that there just wasn't enough energy there in the bullet. And and I'm, when I'm talking about this, we're, we're going around age of 13 and 14. And oh, it's wow. something that, that my dad allowed me to kind of run any of these questions and answer it myself. So do you still have that gun? I have the AMT. We don't have the star anymore. Don't have the star. Uh, I've been keeping my eye out for one because I definitely want to get it. So if there's any listeners out there that have the the wherewithal to know where a star model DK alloy frame is, I'm definitely interested in that. So the origin was Spain, 380, 14.5 ounces, uh, 5.5 inch length. They started uh, importing those, looks like, or production began in 1956, and then it stopped, importation stopped in December 1968, so it's probably a very hard one to find. Yeah. Does it have any import numbers on it? <laughs> Joe's like, wait a minute, give me those numbers, I can get it. Uh, not on, this is actually a Triple K brand website, There's, they sell magazines for them, but they might have information on where to get one. That would be cool, because I still have the original box. Uh, my dad passed away um, 14 years ago now, uh, but I kept. I have the original box, the original manual, uh, the holster that it was carried in, and two spare magazines. So, so all I got to do is just find the gun. You just need the gun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we'll put you our feelers out. Bang. Maybe we'll show up down there in Louisiana, surprise you with one. <laughs> and we make no promise. Nah. <laughs> I said maybe. Yeah. Yeah, don't hold your breath. Yeah. We may we may end up showing up with a high point. We have trouble finding blocks. Hey, I kind of like the high points. Hey, they run one hundred fifty bucks. Bang. They go bang, yeah, and they're cheap. We've got a we kind of licking that's for sure. We kind of announced that left hand still refuses to do it, but we're going to do a YouTube video and do some competition shooting team with all high points, and we're going to have a training video where we're going to hook cinder blocks on our holsters and do side bends and stuff. <laughs> So, hopefully that'll turn out well. You don't need cinder blocks with those things. They are cinder blocks. <laughs> I know, exactly. It's <laughs> the whole point. So, do you have any military or law enforcement experience? I don't have a lot of military. I come from a military family. My dad was in the Air Force. Uh, one of my brothers in the Navy. Two of my other brothers are Marines. I was in the Civil Air Patrol for a long time because I love things that fly. So, it was a real big interest. Mm-hmm. I took my first flight lessons when I was around 15. We got another pilot in our little circle. Yeah, it's cars, guns, and aircraft all kind of have that same theme. Just cool machinery. So I think it's 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 a common theme you run across, especially in the firearms world. You into flying helicopters? I think helicopters are one of the coolest things, but (laughs) a lot of moving parts on them. Exactly. I know exactly how complex those things are. Uh They scare me. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go up in them. And I am deathly afraid of heights. Me Black too, birds, brother. Yes. Bridges. Wait, both of y'all are pilots and you're afraid of heights. <laughs> I am. It's If I'm on something that's not designed to fly, I get a little tweaked out about it. Like bridges, buildings, ladders. I was I was installing some lights here in the shop and I'm just 
Did you get sweat, a little dizzy? Fuck shot, and I had to take a break. I can only get two of them done <laughs> in a day because I had to take a break, cool down, and I was having this big adrenaline dump. But I found anything that flies, hot air balloons, airplanes, helicopters, a, a freaking paraglider. I was going to ask you, would you, go up in a, would you go up in a glider? Oh, hell yeah, in an instant. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Now, when it comes to pop culture, whether that's uh, books, TV show, movie, a song... What's your what's your go to video game anything like that? What's your go to that involves firearms? And you're not allowed to say Sons of Guns. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, something that involves firearms? Yeah, uh-huh. pop pop culture that involves firearms. Well, I'm a big geek, and welcome to the club. It was a, a short lived series. Uh, it was kind of a sci fi western, kind of like a a live action Cowboy Bebop. Hmm. You have any idea what that is? Cowboy Bebop. Well, I know what Cowboy Bebop is. It's a like yeah. an anime thing. Yeah, but there's something that's similar, kind of a sci-fi cowboy thing. Are you talking about Defiant? No. How long ago was it? Uh, series. Oh, Firefly. Firefly. Oh Firefly. yeah. That 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 show. I still to this day have no idea why it got canceled. One season. It yeah, it seems to be huge. Did you see it on TV when it was airing? No, I've only seen like it on Netflix, and I saw the Serenity movie. That's why, because when it aired on net, when it aired on on product on on TV, uh huh. The pilot that was actually supposed to be the pilot ended up being episode three, and then they showed episode two in the first spot, and episode three in in the fourth spot. So when it aired on TV. It made absolutely no sense to everybody that was watching it. Oh. So people couldn't follow it, and ratings kind of dropped, and they canned it. Well, when they released it on DVD, Netflix, all the other medias, they released it in the order that it was supposed to be. And the people that kind of liked it on TV, Mm -hmm. they watch it in the order it was supposed to happen. And it's a really cool series if you work it like that. It is. I never saw it. I never saw it. As the series, the original run series, I'd only seen it on DVD or Netflix or something like that. Yeah. And it's just a really cool concept. It is. Uh, it's a really good you show. you got to know anything that Joss Whedon does is oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. And it, Nathan Fillion is just, he he owns that character, Mal. That was the lead character, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, brown, yeah. yeah the brown coat. Uh, he's a brown coat, which kind of the, the Civil War thing. And it's just real cool concept. So I really... Really like to watch that that series. And there was an I'm actor probably, there was an actor in that series that is extremely pro gun and a Second Amendment advocate. Others, Adam Baldwin. Uh, yeah. Yep. Nathan Fillion actually is too. Is he really? That's awesome. Yeah. It's funny. I like to believe I like to believe that Kaylee and Anara are pro gun too. <laughs> <laughs> we like to believe a lot of a lot of Makes women in the industry <laughs> more sexy. Hey, I'll give you one that is that we found out through this show. Angelina Jolie is pro gun. Yeah, her husband is too. Yeah, he, he bought her like a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar range for their property. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he bought that for her. Well, yeah, <laughs> he bought it for himself. It must be nice, huh? <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> yeah, tell us about it, Joe. <laughs> tell us how nice no that is. Idea. <laughs> really you live it day in and day out. Has there has there ever been a gun in your arsenal that there's a little bitty part of you that's kind of embarrassed to say, yeah, I, I had that or I have that still? 
No, because I still own a high point. I got a high point. <laughs> You're proud of that high point. <laughs> now <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about. I will give the carbines kudos because I have shot those before and I really enjoy shooting their their carbines. The only problem I have with the high point pistols is just they weigh 500 pounds. Other than that, for 150 bucks, put it in your bedside table, locked up well. Can't beat it. That's the only way to make it cheap and still run reliably. Yep. Yeah, it gives me cramps. <laughs> it gives you cramps? Yeah, it gives me hand cramps. My hand starts <laughs> cramping up whenever I'm holding one. You sound like such a whiny kid when you say cramps. Cramps. Give me hand gives cramps. me cramps. <laughs> uh, I think there's use in all firearms. I mean, it's a tool. Yeah. And just like any other tool, you have to pick its application. Mm-hmm. I think somebody, somebody real cool and famous once said the only interesting rifle is an accurate rifle. <laughs> well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm a precision shooter. I like to, to kind of push that edge of it. Mm-hmm. But and I know that firearms are tools, and there's always a use for every firearm, even the high point. Yeah. Now Alex- this show brought to you by High Point. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just landed us a new sponsor. <laughs> So, as long as they don't listen to any of our past shows. Outside of the star that we already talked about, what's another firearm that you used to have that you wish you had back? Actually, I've only sold, at one point, I'd only sold one firearm ever. Wow. And it was basically upgrade to another firearm. I still have my original 22, the first firearm I ever bought, a little Marlin Glenfield Model 25, a bolt action seven round magazine micro groove rifle. I thought I was hot stuff. It was $99, and it came with a bunch of ammo, a sling, a really nice scope, a little tap, one of the Japanese Tasco scopes. Mm-hmm. I still use that scope on on uh, one of my silhouette rifles. Good old uh, Tascos. Yeah, the, the Japanese Tascos were great, man. A lot of Japanese optics, just outstanding stuff. There was a, um, just, it was a blatant ACOG ripoff that was out last year. And it only lasted, I want to say, like a month before they they slammed them down pretty hard. But, I mean, it was piece for piece an ACOG. At and a third of the price, probably? Less than that. I want to say they were going for like 250 Oh, dang. Yeah. It was crazy. And I, I hmm. thought about buying one. It was at a gun show when I saw it. I left. I was like, oh, I should have got that. The next time that gun show came around, I went to the same guy. He was like, no, nope, they stopped all shipments of them. They can't make them anymore. I was like, oh. Yeah, it's hard for me to do that, yeah. because especially as a manufacturer. Yeah. I understand what it takes to bring a product to market and have a high-quality market and then just be totally blindsided by somebody that comes out with this cheap knockoff copy and it's a 10 20% cheaper. So, I mean, it, it's, it's frustrating. So I, I have a tendency. I try not to support stuff like that. Knockoff stuff, yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. It's similar to the whole movie and music download thing back when Napster was huge and a hit. I used to do it all the time, and I had a friend of mine. Us being in Nashville, we're surrounded by the music business. And I had a friend of mine who almost got in a fist fight with me when he saw that I downloaded songs for free. And I was like, I had the mentality, oh, what's the big deal? The musicians, they make a ton of money. It's not hurting them. He goes, yeah, but it's hurting the guy in the factory that puts the CD cases together. It's hurting the guy that runs Sound Shop down the, down the street. It's hurting me who works for 20 grand a year, you know, putting wires into recording equipment, you know. And it kind of changed my mindset on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. 
we, we're involved in a lot of licensing products. Mm-hmm. So that's where or I kind of coming from. I understand. I definitely understand that aspect. So we need to scratch our project of building uh, purple coat firearms. <laughs> purple coat firearms. No, that, that, that's cool. <laughs> we'll just make just the worst, crappiest versions of whatever y'all make. <laughs> we'll, we'll be called Rouge Rouge Coat. Rouge Coat. <laughs> Rouge Coat Fire. <laughs> so when it comes to um, your bucket list of guns, like the next gotta have firearm, what's on your list? I don't know. There's so many guns out there. It's hard to hard to make a decision uh, on on that. And that's kind of what got me into the engineering aspect of it. I'm sure y'all are familiar with the ZK22. Oh yeah. Uh, the concept with that. It stemmed from man. I really like the bullpup platforms. Man, the P90 sucks ergonomically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just decided. Well, I want to build something that that fits good. So that's that's why I designed the the ZK22 because it would be. An inexpensive way to get a bullpup platform to market, so I can later push it for centerfire, nine millimeter, and then even all the way up to five five six. Now, something that's currently on the market, man, I don't know. Well, a man like you is probably in a position where you can get some stuff that's probably not on the market. Yeah, as well. Some of them are. Now, I've actually got some cool pieces sitting on my desk right now. Well, you know. We've never asked that question that's to someone that could probably build one, whatever he wants from scratch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were we were having a discussion this week, and we we're coming up with like, what's what do we what's on the market? Like this particular concept, and we just kept racking our brain, and couldn't figure it out. I'm like, you know what? Let's build it. Perfect. So we started on a little concept this week. Uh, that's going to be pretty cool. Awesome. Anything you can uh, divulge? Nope. <laughs> nope. <Sure. laughs> <laughs> yeah, so somebody at uh, Rouge Coat Firearms can make it. <laughs> no. no, but it'd be pretty cool and it'd be pretty quiet. That's all that matters. Now, I noticed yeah. um, on your Facebook page, you've done some interesting things to the uh, Keltec KSG. Yeah. In, in addition to the uh, the suppressor that that we showed at shot, you've kind of gone and made it shorter. No, that's actually uh, when you when you. We're saying that I may have a little access to things that some may not be. Yeah. Uh, Caltech actually has a very little known version variant of the KSG. Uh-huh. Their patrol. So that's what that is. And it's a 13.7 inch SBS, and and you can hear it action right now. <laughs> that was it. That's it, and it's it's really cool. We just got them in a few days ago to work on a production line and and we're going to implement it and you'll probably be able to see the development and storyline of some insider information with what we're doing with it. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. And you were talking about the ZK a second ago. I love the concept of it, but I mean, you've seen how tall I am. I have an issue with a lot of bullpups. About the only one that really feels ergonomically good for me is the Tavor. Is the ZK something that You've seen bigger guys handle it and like it. I've never had anybody say that the ZK was not comfortable or ergonomically fitting them. Okay. Uh, even even as big as Zach is, Zach loves shooting. He's got a fondness for one of our SBR ones where the, the barrel basically just pops out of the front of the gun about a half inch or so. Mm-hmm. He shoots that one a lot. 
Uh, we've got a lot of guys that that are anti bullpup, and they like to shoot them. Hmm. Well, even Charlie. Charlie's a big dude. Sure, y'all are. Charlie, have you met Charlie? Charlie's the blonde guy. He's got the goatee. Yeah, we haven't met him yet. He's he's a big dude. Okay, Uh, he's probably about your height, real broad shoulders, and not a bullpup fan, but he loves the ZK twenty two because it was it was designed around ergonomics first. Nice, and see, I like that. That's one thing I like about y'all's company and i'm gonna start sounding like an infomercial is y'all put a lot of thought into what you put out it's not like you're just throwing out stuff that looks cool we try and make it look cool too no but i mean y'all y'all think about it too there's a lot of companies out there that are saying "Ooh, this looks like something from halo let's make it a gun and then you hold it and it it feels like that's idiotic absolutely uncomfortable i think that's where a lot of bullpup concepts come from Mm -hmm. or somebody likes a particular firearm platform and say, I'm going to bullpup this thing. So you end up getting restricted in certain ways. Mm-hmm. When we developed the ZK, I developed it as a PDW bullpup platform. Didn't really care what, what was going to go around it as long as it shot 22 long rifle. So the ZK 22 is, well, we've got some cool things coming up that it's just not just a 10 22 that's available for it, but some other semi-automatic 22s. Did this concept come before that show with um, with uh, Brooks? Who? It, it absolutely did. I started the. I thought it did. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of development, and it got highly highly expedited from the show, and and it becoming kind of part of that. Yeah, because it just uh, kind of seemed like you you had that idea, like you know, that quick. When you were coming up with the concepts, I was like, uh, "This sounds like something he's probably been in the in the works on." Wait, wait a minute, what was it he told us at NRA? The ru- the rule of shot club or show club is you don't talk about show club. <laughs> show club. <laughs> well, I mean, we're not really talking about it. We're, we're just talking about, about the concept of the gun. Yeah, we're talking about kind of the reality behind that now. Yeah, uh, I started the ZK, and I wasn't it didn't really have a name at that point. It was just kind of a cool thing. Uh, but I started on a Rimfire bullpup platform around 2007. Actually, two days. No, excuse me. Christmas Day of 2007. That's a long so that, time of uh, R&D. Well, it kind of sat there because I wasn't... I started here at Red Jacket in around 2009 and then really got into the building of the stuff and and deep into the prototyping of it in around 2011 or so. Gotcha. So it wasn't until then, so between 2007, 2011, the ZK was pretty much a one-off item. Yeah. So I'd bring out to the range and I'd shoot and it's pretty cool. And it sat in my, in the corner of my office, uh, just kind of as a cool thing because I'd had dreams of making the, the clamshell system and, but I knew exactly what entailed that. And I didn't have the capabilities of, of doing that um polymer molding is is a far different world than making one or ten or even a hundred pieces out of metal or or something of that nature when you get into the polymer world you got to start thinking about all right i gotta sell twenty thousand of these to pay for the mold and then i can start making money so it's always out of the realm and then the show kind of developed and max came in and we realized that 
after reading the books, because I've been a big fan of, of Max Brooks and all his books. Yeah. Reading the book, I knew the concepts that he have in there that he had in there about what a every man's zombie elimination tool was. <laughs> and that's the kind of direction we went. You know, it had to be short, compact, easy to use, ergonomic, and twenty-two rimfire. Yep. Did they use it in the movie anywhere? That you- no, they did not. Oh man, that would have been so cool. I just now thought about that. Like, Which movie? World it War Z. Would have been- oh, that was him. I didn't know that. That would have been <laughs> awesome. Cool. Hell yeah! It totally would have been cool. We've got some some prospects of it being in several other movies, some other cool action movies. Because it is a really neat-looking gun. Oh, yeah. It, it takes the, the coolness factor that the P90 had when it came out, but then it actually made it functional. <laughs> yeah. It, it fits in the, uh, the spy world uh, you know, easily. Close quarters combat. Close, yeah, quick action kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I could see it going in some movies coming up. Now, before we actually started recording, we were talking about an FL, FAL that you're about to sell. And then yeah. you kind of went into the details, and that's kind of going to touch on what your segment's going to be all about. It's going to be about the stuff that we're freaking clueless about. <laughs> yeah. And uh, kind of tell us a little bit about that, the, the history of that FAL. Well, the particular FAL that I'm talking about, or that we were talking about earlier, is an Argentine FAL, or a, uh, an Argy file. And these files came in as kits quite some time ago. Uh, way before the barrel ban, uh, 10, 14, maybe 15 years ago, they came in and they sat in customs because they, they wouldn't clear for some reason, paperwork issue. I don't think anybody really even knows except for the actual importer and, and customs. But they sat there for a while, and then they were released four years ago right around the time that the barrel band started hammering. So the only thing you could get was cut barrel kits. Well, these had original Argentine pristine brand new barrels that come with the kits. And they were pristine, mm. beautiful parts kits. So basically, you get your compliance parts, get a nice receiver, a Kunin or a DSA. And we built all these on the Kunin Argy receivers because at that time they realized that, hey, there's a market for this. So we ended up using those particular receivers on a lot of them. We built some as Paras, some as standard Argies, uh, some as clones of just various different countries, FALs. Mm-hmm. And we had we went through quite a few of these. But it was a real, real cool find for them. To get something at the time that had an original barrel was tough to do. Yeah. Uh, just even now, and just trying to find an original parts kit with an intact barrel is almost impossible these days. Probably pretty expensive, so, too. Yeah, an AK kit that you could get for $199 10 years ago Forget. with that original barrel would be minimum 700 to $1,200 today. Yeah, wow, no doubt. And and probably has exponentially increased just in the last two years. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a definite push, especially since the big panic of 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another thing that we're gonna that you're gonna be able to do is we get a lot of technical questions through our email, Facebook, all the time that we just can't answer, and we've thrown them out, and then we'll try to find a response for people. Uh, we threw out a thing on Facebook today. We got a question in 
uh, from Dustin T. And he wanted to know how many rounds would you recommend putting through a nine millimeter with a captive recoil spring before replacing the spring? For example, my Walther PPS or say a Glock 26. That's going to come down to a lot of the metallurgy and the design of the gun. How far is the spring within specs? Because springs have a certain lifetime, and it's variable on how hard you push it. Springs have a certain duty cycle. If you compress it to a quarter of its life, if you can compress it to a half of its length, it has a different duty life. If you can compress it down to where it's coil binding, then it has an exponentially smaller life. So it just depends on the particular aspect. And that's Charlie right here. What's up, uh, Charlie? Charlie. Oh, hey, dude. Sorry to bark in, like, you know. Uh, that's, that's Charlie. That's okay. We'll forgive you this time. <laughs> I'm surprised Zach hadn't done it on purpose yet. <laughs> we said he wasn't there, didn't he? Oh, that's right. He's on a road trip. Yeah. yeah. Road trip. And, and see, that's the kind of stuff that... It, it blows my mind that we did not give Joe this question ahead of time. I just now pulled it up on Facebook, and he just rattled yeah. it off. Had the answer right there. It, it, have you ever gotten the rain man of guns, but without the slow part? <laughs> so what are you trying to say? I'm not quite following you. <laughs> no, you've I, seen rain man, right? I think he's trying to say you were savant. I'm saying you're uh, incredibly intelligent when it comes to the subject of firearms. Uh, but oh, I, I, I said without the slow part. <laughs> I don't know about that, but unless you walk around going Jomo, 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 definitely Jomo. <laughs> There's nine hundred and seventy-six matches. Then, then I feel guilty now. <laughs> I don't know. You talk to some of my employees; they might have that. Or when Char- Charlie drops a box of ammo, you go. There's three hundred and forty-eight <laughs> rounds there. Three hundred forty-eight. No, that would be Tommy T in Outdoors 9. <laughs> he just has no sense of direction. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Neither Every, do I. Everything else high IQ, but he walks in the walls. <laughs> uh, just, he gets lost with driving. I, I'm, you know. It's, it's I, get dis- I get distracted. I'll be on the phone, and I'll eventually get there. It may take me a while. A, a little longer. Extra tank of gas. And oftentimes, <laughs> oftentimes, I'll take the most bass accurate way of getting somewhere, and I'm there before anybody else. <laughs> So, even before Charlie, but because Charlie's car is slow. Only because, yeah, I drive, I'm driving a tank currently, but you know what? When I had my car, it was you know at least competitive. I was going to ask if you were driving a Carmen Gia or something. <laughs> Carmen Gia. I wish I had a Carmen Gia. I wish That's I had a pretty, Volkswagen uh, Fang. Some of the best handling vehicles ever, actually. Mm-hmm. Fun cars. So I got a question for you, Joe. Yeah. Uh, and this kind of perplexes me is some of these uh well there's one in particular firearm company that uh they've got this special process that they put their parts through that they don't require any lubrication yeah you know what i'm talking about i'm I'm Uh, I'm familiar with the concept though yeah so how did what's the what's the science behind that how's that work depends on depends on the particular one but there's kind of two basic concepts you can look at Mm-hmm. One is that the materials are so slick and hard, they have a very, very hard surface finish, that there's very little friction, and they work very well with. The other kind of concept is the coating has a lubricity. It's a self-lubricating function, whether it's graphite or Teflon or whatever the the, the fun chemical of the day is. Right. I, could, I could take that term in so many wrong directions, but I'm not going to. 
good. I, I don't know. If you watched the show, uh, and it was bad this past this past episode, I have a tendency of dropping multiple innuendos throughout the episode. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> you fit in perfect. <laughs> well, somebody's actually made a drinking game out of it. Oh, really? How yeah. many innuendos you drop? Yeah. Nice. Great. I might get drunk tonight. <laughs> and I don't intend to. It's not an intentional thing. Not all the time. Sometimes, okay, sometimes, it, sometimes it's an time. intentional thing, sometimes it's not. <laughs> so you're going to need to carry that over to this show. I'm, I'm working on it. There you go. There you go. It's my first time. I'm a little nervous. So. No, nah, just roll with it, man. We, we, be, just, be gentle with him. <laughs> so on those on those uh, manufacturers that use the uh, the lube, is that something that they kind of bake into the metal, or how do they how do they do that? It could be uh, it could be a baked in system. It could be kind of like powder coating, a, 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 an electro applied thing, a negative charge, and it and it sucks to all the little crevices. Yeah. Uh, the problem with some of that is there's a line of sight issue on the inside of the rails of guns. Uh, electrostatic coatings have to have a 100% line of sight. What that means is it has to have a straight path to the crevice. Well, if you think about a slide being off the gun and the slide rails. Mm-hmm. There's no way to get to the inside bottom edge of that slide with electrostatic movement. So there's some limitations with that. Uh, there's some chemical baths uh, that you can drop them in, which is like the nitriding, mm-hmm. uh, black nitriding, and things like that. It's an excellent, excellent service finish, and actually one of the one of the ones I recommend. I really like the nitriding, NP3, all of those. They're good coatings, but the thing about it is, is a lot of people make the mistake of deciding, okay, I'm going to coat this gun, and every service is going to have this coating on it. Mm-hmm. Well, different parts of the gun operate in different ways. Some parts get hot, some parts stay cold, so you need different tolerances. So if somebody actually sat down and thought about all the different coatings that are available and put them where they need to go, like maybe a, a higher temperature style on the barrel, something different on the rails, something mm-hmm. else like Teflon on the magazine, inside the the trigger guard and the fire control. You may have a low temp, very high slick stuff. You really could right. come up with a cool system. But I've seen a lot of issues with certain proprietary coatings, and they just get thrown at the gun. Like, I'm going to coat everything in the gun in this, and it looks cool, and it, and it works, but it doesn't work as a thousand percent as it could be if there was some thought hmm. uh, you can look at that at some of the race engines like formula mm-hmm. one and even nascars yeah they got into a lot of the coatings and they really have specialized coatings the inside of the pistons will be one coating the top of the piston will be one coating the outside of the ring area will have a different coating then there's going to be coatings on the rods that shed oil mm-hmm Coatings on the piston on the inside reflect heat. The coating on the inside of the piston absorbs heat. The coating on the outside of the piston carries oil. So there you got four different coatings, four different concepts, and they each go to increase horsepower by two or three horsepower on a five horsepower motor. Right. On a five horsepower motor. So if somebody I mean, put that same philosophy towards a firearm, then they could have something. It can, it's an incremental thing. That's when you when you have infinite amounts of money to throw something at, like NASCAR teams do, you can pull that kind of thing off. Well, and the reason I was asking that was uh, there are some manufacturers out there that claim that you know their product 
aftermarket, you can put it on uh, firearms and it'll do similar type things. So I was just, I was wondering that, you know, is it, is it plausible that you could take a lubricant and apply it to your, let's say your barrel and then whether through through firing the weapon several times and reapplying the the lubricant or actually uh heating the barrel up while the the material's on there is is that a plausible way to do it as well I've looked at a lot of these i mean there's a there's a lot of different ones out there, and you talk the lubrication industry is one of the most interesting and cutthroat places i've ever seen yeah i mean everybody it's i mean it's a it's almost a snake oil business mm-hmm. but if you if you're looking at like i said you're looking at certain concepts for things and a lot of these natural lubricants that they're putting on the concepts behind there are absolutely 100 percent correct uh the the products that they're using great idea it may or may not have to be tweaked in certain areas a lot of them are going behind the theory of polymerization and it's getting that self that very hard layer of self-lubricating whatever and a lot of (laughs) you got a a hard layer of self-lubricating okay go ahead all right is that my innuendo yes yes i just took a drink drink (laughs) drink so this this coating will build up but it may need a very high temperature. It may need high pressure. It's kind of like a diamond, and you can only get diamonds one way, high heat and high pressure. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the only way you can get some of these compounds to get to the polymerase, uh, polymerized, or whatever that particular tense of... Polymerization. Polymerase. Like, yep. Yeah, all about, just depending on what, what <laughs> tense you're looking for. Pick a word. <laughs> but you got to have a certain amount of chemical pressure and chemical heat to do it. And I'm kind of not convinced that you can do that in the real world of just shooting a gun. Yeah. Without without taking it and doing some kind of baking process uh, or chemical treating, I'm not 100% convinced that you get 100% of the stated benefits. Right. Gotcha. And that's kind of my thoughts behind that, too. Uh, and but then, there are some there are some that have a pretty cool recommendation of of their treatment procedure, and it and it makes sense. And some people live by it. Uh, we get we get lubricants passed through here every day, I, and I'm not shitting you on that. No, no, no. Well, I can imagine. We, we've been getting we've got a whole box over here with all the different crap we get. I can imagine the level that you guys get stuff sent to you. They all pretty much work fairly well. But if it comes down to it, I use 30 weight. Yeah, you know what <laughs> I one. use? When I, when I, yeah, when I got to go buy oil, and I haven't had to buy oil in probably 10 years, <laughs> I've got a quart of Mobile One Synthetic that they use. Ding, 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 ding. And so, a lot so of when those it just, companies, that's what that is. When it just comes yeah. down to it, you, you'd put the, the Mobile One on your gun, huh? Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd re- I do like... The up and coming, not natural, but the the, the safer mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. There is one of the more natural ones though that if you, if anybody's caught spraying it in the shop, he will fire them because it doesn't oh, like the smell. God. What does it smell like? Like yeah. wet dog. <laughs> <laughs> Some people love the smell of it. It's kind of like the uh, asparagus thing. Oh god. Oh. 
Some people can't smell it. Well, I'm not one of them people. Brussels sprouts. When you, when you take a piss the next day. <laughs> I do appreciate. It strips cosmoline like nobody else's does. It's ballistol. Oh, ballistol, yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. you need for your and mosin. I appreciate nah. it for what it does, but I'll be damned if somebody does it inside in my shop. <laughs> Stanky, huh? You, you will not like Hickok 45's place then, because his Ooh. whole compound smells like ballistol. <laughs> Take that shit outside. <laughs> <laughs> a lot it of works. match. Well, there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are you working on? Something. You're playing with something. Yeah. Well, we got a we got a real cool delivery from uh, from one of our partners, uh, Keltec CNC, and I just kind of just as we're talking, I'm just playing around with it and getting familiarization with with where things are on it. And Ideas coming up as you play with it. Is it the yeah, full auto auto? Just playing with it. Full auto uh, RDB. I got, a, I got a PMR thirty mm. uh, that I'm working with, and 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 it's a really really neat gun. It's got a little weird point because I'm used to pointing Glocks. Mm-hmm. So it's got a straight grip action, so I'm trying to overcome that. Three, and then we've got one of the thirteen point seven inch Caltech KSGs. Uh, we're doing some stuff with those. So, what do you have new going on? I know you were telling me something at NRA about uh, your Mojo binary targets. Yeah, uh, we've had the the exploding binary targets out for a while now, and uh, they're available. Academy carries them available on the website, but it's just it's really cool because uh, I like shooting, and I'm a big fan of positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. So, whenever you shoot and you hit what you're supposed to be shooting at. And you get a big boom. Mm-hmm. How much more positive reinforcement can you get? You're not into big booms at all, are you? No. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> We've I'm actually used your product on yeah, a couple of we, our videos. We didn't even know it. <laughs> well, I knew it. It's, he didn't. I didn't know it. It's though. great stuff. And there's there's some other competing products out there, but we really pride ourselves in using the best of the best that's out there. We double bag everything because the materials that you are. <laughs> Drink number two. <laughs> it's, it's hygroscopic, so it absorbs moisture. So you got to really protect it from moisture, protect it from heat. So double bag, double package. Double um, bag it. That's the way I always used to roll when I was Very saying. high quality products. Very, very high quality H2O. <laughs> high uh, quality H2O. High quality H2O. <laughs> it fit, it's so fitting that y'all are in southern Louisiana with that one. <laughs> You know where that that wasn't even filmed in Louisiana. Are you serious? Yeah. Hey, let's, let's, they do that? Let's consult the all-knowing. I'm thinking Don't it was tell me Alabama. It, was California. it had to be somewhere with swamps. Pro- I bet you it was Alabama. It's kind of like there was you. something that was I think supposed to Florida, actually. May have been. Central- Very good, Charlie. This is Florida. Central Florida, Orlando area. There was something else recently that was supposed to be based in Tennessee that they filmed all in Atlanta. And I was like, wait a minute. I they can't were, remember what it was. They though. were talking about moving the Nashville TV show to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> are they going to rename it Dallas? I, something. Da- no, they're still going to call it Nashville. <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's back in Nashville. Can, well, we see a lot of that. Uh, because the the movie and film industry is getting so big here in Louisiana, mm-hmm. uh, we get to see some really cool stuff. We were in the middle of California, uh, in the middle of Baton Rouge, about four four or five weeks ago. Hmm. Uh, there's a restaurant called Superior Grill, and mm-hmm. it's a Mexican restaurant, a really really nice Mexican restaurant, best margaritas you can imagine, great flank steak too. 
So that'd be a good what place to watch hurt? Sons of Guns then, if they got the good margaritas. And watch for your innuendos. <laughs> I don't know if they have the TVs there. Oh, okay. but, but, but the, most of the staff's big fans of the show, so okay. it's kind of, you know. <laughs> oh, we, we drink when you make innuendo. <laughs> good breakfast. But we were there. We were at the table. And on a water truck, you know the water trucks that spray dirt roads? Yeah. To keep the dust down? Uh-huh. Well, a water truck goes by. And I watch it go by, and it's kind of thinking in my head, like, what in the hell are they doing, and why are they spraying the road? And it comes back again. <laughs> and at that point, I'm going, what the hell's going on? So I walk outside, and I see a, a PA standing. Uh, uh, production assistant. Production assistant. Uh-huh. Sorry for the, the in lingo speak. That's all right. The We're YouTube. We don't assistant. have those. <laughs> and you can spot them from... <laughs> 10 miles away in a crowd of people you can look and say that dude's a PA <laughs> <laughs> and some of the accoutrement that come with a PA is a clipboard, a radio and a pair of big ass sunglasses and a pissed off demeanor <laughs> because those are the poor guys that have to deal with the public to let the public know that no you can't go down this road right now Right? what are you a cop? <laughs> no ma'am I'm not a cop well, you can't tell me what to do, so you can imagine the demeanor that the, these poor guys oh, gain yeah. when they have oh, to yeah. deal with that. But anyway, it turns out that there's some teeny bopper Disney movie that's set in Beverly Hills, California. There's a car chase going down Government <laughs> Street in the middle of Baton Rouge at 5.30 at night. 5.30. You know what Baton Rouge traffic looks like at 5.30? It's not pretty. Gridlock. They call it a parking lot. <laughs> This is the one of the main drags through Baton Rouge is the government street. It's and they're oh, wow. and they're doing a they're doing a shoot. And they yeah. were doing a film and shoot. And oh. this was set in the middle of Beverly Hills with a little. I think it was like a Chevy Leaf. Who makes the Leaf? Uh, well, Ford. Ford. Nissan. Makes the little, yeah, some little electric hybrid type thing. Because those are real good for car chases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the instant I knew it, I knew that that was that was the good guys because the bad guys came in three cars and you got tell me what they were uh, probably a Camaro or a Charger. No, almost. No, the um, Challenger. No, they got to be another hybrids. Not not a cool car. Oh, not a cool car. Probably, probably that cool, cube. That cube car. <laughs> All right, let's start with the color. What color was it? It was black. It was black. Uh huh. All right. Now, where did all bad guys come from? Uh, Afghanistan? <laughs> Close. <laughs> China? Japan? What? Oh, come on. Mexico. <laughs> Germany. Germany. Oh, BMWs. Yeah, Germany. Uh, Actually, these were Mercedes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, so around you... the corner came three big <laughs> four-door Mercedes chasing this leaf. This pastel leaf. <laughs> pastel <laughs> and the roads cut so they could do so they could do like the the slides and skids and turns and it was so funny the leaf couldn't break tires on wet tape it's <laughs> awesome there were some geniuses behind that scene <laughs> you bring the shotgun yeah probably okay you don't want to keep them overnight or anything I'll, I'll come and get them oh you suck we'll, I gotta put them overnight. we'll keep them overnight for you <laughs> And I'll be. We'll store anything you need. I got a bounce. All right. Nice to meet you, Charlie. See, Charlie. Um, Charlie's go play daddy. Now, you're talking about TV shows or movies in 
Louisiana. Was True, De- True Detective, was it filmed there? I don't know. Oh, that was an awesome series. Have you seen it yet? No. Oh, uh, you'd like it. Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. On HBO. True Detective. It's a series? Yes. It was only, what, seven or eight episodes long? Well, they're kind of le- leading in like they're going to do another series. Another well, they're season. doing, they're going to have well, different the seasons. Well, yeah. 2014-2, still current. Well, yeah. they're going to have different seasons, but it's not going to be the same same characters each season. The writer, okay. it's a writer of a book, and he's going to have different characters each season. But the, this, the first one was McConaughey and uh, Woody Harrelson. It was awesome. And they did I, film part of Waterboy in Louisiana. Did they? Did you look that up? Yeah. Oh. How much? It doesn't say what percentage. It just says film locations, and Louisiana is one of them. But the majority of it was done in Florida. Mm. Yeah. Lakeland, Orlando, that area. Citrus Bowl, obviously. Gotcha. Now, with Red Jacket, it's hilarious because we did a video with you guys, as a lot of our listeners have seen it. We got more trolls off of that than we ever did with any Jaeger stuff. Y'all, y'all have surpassed the Jaeger trolls. (laughs) Jaeger, Jaeger came and shot some videos with us. Uh huh. And he's used to that. And then when he responded, like. About two weeks later, it's like, man, I don't understand. Y'all got more haters than I do. I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right, so since we're talking about this, let's do our jack wagon of the week. Oh, do we have one? Yeah, I've got. Okay. I've, I've got a category. Take it away, Arlie Ermey. Hoorah, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, so... We made a post on our Facebook page mm-hmm. a few days ago, mm-hmm. and we were it was when we were at Max Maximus Arms, uh-huh. and I did a selfie with us and them in the background, mm-hmm. and they were pointing the guns at the camera at the general direction of the camera. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we had a couple of people. We didn't have me. I mean, it was just a couple of people, right. a couple of trolls, like we like to call them. Uh, that were getting in a hissy over them pointing their guns at someone. Isn't it proper safety not to point the gun at a cameraman? Well, as you can clearly see in the photo, I'm in the photo. And the camera was taller than I am. so (laughs) Because I was reaching up. (laughs) And there was nobody behind the camera or anywhere in that general direction. Uh, So use some common sense before you get on there and start slamming uh, you know, our gun safety etiquette. Uh, another thing is... You, you seem a little hot about that. Well, I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, seriously. going to hate. Yes, they are. Yeah, and uh, let them I hate. Let it, I don't let it bother me. Yeah, well, I got to get it but, off my chest. But you know why? Because <laughs> get all these skating Because you're Joe Mo. Blah, blah, blah. But they're still watching the show. Exactly. Exactly. And, and with YouTube, what these trolls don't realize is every time they comment and then one of our fans attacks them and they comment back, each one of those is a new view for us. Yeah. Yep. So, so like, please keep it coming. So here's another one. I posted this one earlier today. Oh, you just gave me six cents. Thank you. <laughs> hey, actually, it's like point zero six cents. So. <laughs> oh, whenever you get to like some real good ratings and viewers. Oh, oh. <laughs> we'll get there. We're getting there. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> But I posted another one today. It was one of Carnicon's um, photos that oh, he had posted. Yeah, I reposted. It. it was a classic photo um, 
of his Freedom America Ale mm-hmm. and sniper training. So there are a couple of firearms laying on the ground with a bunch of empty bottles, which are to represent his Freedom Ale, I guess. Freedom you know, America Ale, made free, with bald eagle piss. Freedom American Ale, made with bald eagle piss. So we get a couple of people that make a post on there. Uh, one says, which this is a good a good post, is shoot, then drink, don't drink, then shoot. Okay, that's that's fine. You know, got no problem with that. But then there's this other guy that posts one that says, stop posting alcohol and firearms in the same picture. What's, I, I don't get that. You've got two unmanned firearms laying there. You've got empty bottles laying around. Don't, so it's they're, like Ghostbusters, man. They're just don't automatically assuming. The <laughs> don't cross the <laughs> don't streams. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you got to have something to shoot at. So, I mean, yeah, those could very yeah, well be I'll targets. But anyway, there's there's inanimate objects sitting in the picture. You know, not not doing anything to anybody that can't do anything to anybody. There's no live bodies around there. And then you got this jack wagon complaining about a gun and an empty bottle being in the same picture. And and all our fans and listeners know this. We do not recommend drinking and having firearms at the same time. In fact, when we go to shoots and there's alcohol involved, there's a beer lamp that's turned on. Once that lamp's turned on, you lock up your firearms, everything goes away, and we do it the safe well, and it's just it just way. don't happen, you know. No. You don't drink and and like use like firearms. like Carnicon's video say at the front, at the beginning of it, this is for parody and comedy purposes only. If you can't handle that, please do not watch. <laughs> right. So, just so you know, you trolls when you start making those posts on our our site, I'm blocking you. So, you blocking them? Yeah. One of the guys introduced me to Carnicon fairly recently, uh, within the last couple months. It's awesome, isn't he? <laughs> it's hilarious, man. <laughs> We're going to do a big shoot with him in July. Ashley. Dugan Ashley. So next week is going to be kind of the, this was the introduction, but next week's going to be the first Mojo's Minutes yes. or so you guys Magnificent start, Mojo. Yeah, you guys start sending in your technical questions. Well, next week is not going to be questions. Next week, Joe is actually going to be at the Bianchi Cup. And he is going to kind of do a man-on-the-street kind of thing. Very cool. So uh, Now, you're doing some, some shooting yourself, aren't you, Joe? Yeah, I will be shooting in the Bianchi Cup. Uh, I was invited in uh, something. I'd, I'd always looked at the Bianchi Cup because I was like – Earlier in the interview, we were talking about precision shooting. I mean, that's kind of my passion. That's that's the aspect I really like at it. And one of the first events I ever did was bullseye pistol shooting. So the Bianchi Cup's kind of like bullseye with some really cool draws and some really badass targets. Yeah. So what? But I'm really excited about going. What gun uh, are you going to use? I'm going to use some Glock-based guns. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, Based. <laughs> so the, you've done some mods to them, huh? <laughs> yeah, Bobby Carver out of... Uh, Florida has really been helpful uh, with some of the direction on that. I've got three guns that I'm going to bring, and I'm going to shoot two of them there. I'm going to shoot a, a Glock 34 in production. I built a metallic gun that I'll shoot in metallic, and then I have an open base Glock, which is a 17 with a compensator and a red dot. Mm-hmm. And we mount red dots, the the Vortex Razor red dots, on Glock slides and 1911s and things all the time. Nice. So I mounted one on this on this 17 slide and I sent it over to Bobby. Uh, cause I mean, he's just, he's a Glock specialist. So I sent it over there and he did some tweaking and some tuning, some great fire control springs and, uh, some movement with that, the recoil assembly. 
fitted a nice KKM barrel, the awesome precision sights on the metallic and production gun. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, this past weekend, I went and shot my first practice match, and I was really happy. I mean, actually shot fairly well. I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, I saw that post on, on Facebook. How are your fundamentals coming along? You got somebody coaching you on that? Uh, not really. I've, I've been an instructor for years, uh, so I can kind of pound fundamentals in on myself. My mm-hmm. problem is... Drink number three, by the way, pounding fundamentals. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Since I've been... Since I'm going to be shooting two guns, I'm having a little bit of trouble breaking the habit. Because when you shoot red dots, you lose that that front sight focus. Mm-hmm. And it's something you have to have when you're shooting an iron sight gun. If you're not focusing on the front sight, your bullets are not going to hit where they need to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, the front sight, it's, it's the furthest part of the gun. It's the last area of the gun that the bullet exits. So that's where the bullet's going. So if your front sight is not focused and on target, it's not going to hit. So shooting a red dot and going back and forth between metallic sights has been a little bit of a challenge. And I may I may just go ahead and shoot the whole thing because I'll be shooting at least two different events, and I may be shooting the aggregate too. And I'm probably going to make a decision and shoot just open or shoot just irons. I haven't quite made that decision just yet. Yeah. Well, that'll be cool, man. That'll be a good time. Heck yeah. And we're looking forward to uh, the man on the street review. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this, this is my first time out, so it's going to be kind of like uh, a man on the street's first time around. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> man on the street popping his cherry. There you go. <laughs> That's what it is. Yep. So, if people want to go and buy Red Jacket products or follow you guys on Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, how do they do all that? Well, you can go to redjacketfirearms.com, and it pretty much links you to everything. You can get Red Jacket gear through there, any of our suppressors, our firearms, uh, our email address is there if you have a real cool custom build you're thinking about or some customization on a firearm, exploding targets, all of our reactive targets. Uh, we have steels. Flipping steel targets. What's the uh, what's the wait time on a ZK? Right now, ZK is pretty significant. Uh, we're about seven months or so behind right now, but we do have a big production run that's in the works now, and there's a possibility I'll be flying from the Bianchi Cup straight to Nashville, <laughs> straight to our mold house to look at a new prototype mold. Okay. Uh, What's the wait time if some YouTube channel decides to drive to Baton Rouge and shoot some videos of it? <laughs> well, we do have we do have blends in stock, and we have some hydro dip versions uh, based on some of the ones that that haven't been on order. Perfect, cool. You got to so, come into got to come into the shop in Baton Rouge to get any of that there. Yeah. So, guys, get your orders in now to get them by Christmas. Yeah. Good or, look at you using yeah. a calendar. Yes, sir. Nice. Yes, sir. Well, hopefully. Hopefully, in about another two months, we're going to be current. So, and that's right now. We're about seven, seven and a half months behind. Once we get the new production batch in, we're going to run through that pretty quickly. Sweet. Yeah, I can imagine those will fly off the shelves. And we want to thank our sponsors. Got a couple new ones: uh, Cantu Bruner Designs, CantuBrunerDesigns.com is going to uh, test out a little advertising buy-in with us. Uh, Make sure you check them out. Also, Savoy Leather. Uh, We want to thank them for everything they've done. Not Savoy. Not Savoy. Savoy. Another Cajun. Yeah, Uh, Savoy. 
does some awesome, awesome work. Uh, just go to SavoyLeather.com and... Fabulous leather work. Use the code TALKINGLED uh, to get a discount there. Still loving my uh, Savoy kind of zombie... Masonic. Masonic uh, holster that I've got from a Glock 23. Nice. Loving that. And then uh, 1776, yep. United. 1776. We actually have three new sponsors when you think about yep. it. Uh, 1776 United. We just partnered up to do the shirts with them. If you go to their website, 1776united.com, you can buy all of our Talking Lead merchandise there. Uh, they're going to be coming out with patches, hats, everything. But right now it's just shirts. Have we got our shirts up yet? Yep, shirts are up. So they can go get our shirts they can now. go get our shirts now. 1776united.com. Yep, comfortable stuff. And they're providing our race shirts for the Tough Mudder. Yep, doing the Tough Mudder in first, June. Uh, first of next month. Mm-hmm. It's coming up. And also, as always, ICE Training. ICETraining.us, Rob Pincus and Personal Defense Network. And I just went there for a little training mm-hmm. uh, last week. Yep. Got some good training in. Holder and Green Professional Real Estate Services, HG Press, for all your Middle Tennessee real estate needs. Give those guys and gals a call. Very gun-friendly and uh, very real estate knowledgeable. And their number. Their number is <laughs> 1-800-615-1840, extension 2222, or you can call direct 615-881-1684. And they, Holder and Green, along with... Another sponsor of ours who have been with us since the beginning, All or Nothing Tattoo Studios, the most mm-hmm. award-winning studio in the world. All or For Nothing tattoos. All or Nothing Tattoo.com and their very gun-friendly merchandise store, strangleholdmerch.com. Joe, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Oh, no problem, guys. Anytime. Hey, sure. go on. I'll mention a 17 Yeah, yeah. 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 That 1776 stuff. Man, mm-hmm. that is the coolest shirt. I get more comments. Uh, there's one with the Gadsden on it. I get a lot of comments on that one. Oh yeah, cool. uh, but the, I like wearing it because they're really soft and they're comfortable. comfortable. Yeah, that's one of the reasons we went with them. Yeah, that's some good stuff. And I'm gonna thank Ar- Argo J for sending me one of his shirts. Thank I've you. got I've got an Argo J uh, shirt on today that I'm rocking. If y'all don't watch his YouTube channel, make sure you go to YouTube slash Argo J A A A R G O J Argo. And as always, left hand, keep your loved ones close and keep your firearms closer.